Hey everyone, welcome to episode 39 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. This week it's Andy, Randy, and John. Jeff is not here. Thanks for joining us. And um, last week we had talked about everyone being sick in Central Florida, and this week it continues. I escaped just long enough to make it here for today's podcast. So if you're still one of those people that this uh, revolving sickness seems to not want to go away from, hope you feel better soon. Um, last week our conversation was on milk. Um, and that was by Andy McDonald. And we decided that rules make our lives richer, but it's an empty promise that requires the grace of Jesus to provide the lighter load, the relief, and the love that we seek. And you can catch that by going to hospitalchurch.org and clicking on sermons and selecting archives from the dropdown and then go to the milk and meat series. There will only be two of those there when you get there. Now, on to this week with our special guest, second time visitor here to the podcast, our very own John Monday. Welcome, John. Hello. Welcome, Glad Andy. to be here. Yeah. Uh, John is our executive pastor here, and he brought this week's message entitled Meat. He brought. He brought he it. He brought this week's message. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> and this was the second and final in the series Milk and Meat. Uh, kind it of sort of really lent itself to just a two-part <laughs> series. <laughs> I was just going to say the two kind of did lead there. If you are wondering what it takes to get an invitation to speak at the hospital church, check out John's whiteboard presentation <laughs> early on in the uh, in his message, and you might get a good chuckle out of that as well. But last week, John, I, I really thought that we might see Andy walk out in a chef's hat and an apron behind a table full of ingredients, and eventually he was going to whip up something delicious for all of us, and that didn't happen. And this week, you pretty quickly squashed the idea that we were going to be talking about anything digestible food-related. A little disappointing both weeks for me, I'll have to tell you. <laughs> I guess I need to say something. Story, right? <laughs> the visuals aren't so good on the podcast. No, no, but... Um, yeah, I thought we would just go ahead and, and, you know, release that genie early on that we weren't going to be pushing a vegetarian or a vegan <laughs> agenda this week. Yeah, well, and I know we've moved on to meat, obviously, because this is the title, meat. But you mentioned the bubblegum church analogy and that you, you know, made that connection with the milk comparison. What attributes are apparent that, you know, cause us to look at a church or a denomination and conclude that this label applies to them? Well, um, like I talked about in the, the sermon, and I, it was this conversation with somebody about the Willow Creek Church that really was the genesis for me of, of thinking about this series. And that was, uh, it, Willow Creek is a non-denominational church. And a lot of times, or often, when I've been talking to somebody about non-denominational churches, especially that seem to be doing very well, yeah. is they will characterize them as churches wow. that don't really have much meat, don't have a lot of substance to them. And I think the similarity between bubblegum and, and milk is they're both <laughs> for children, yeah. is, is sort of what the idea is, that there's not a lot of substance there. So initially then, is that meaning that maybe they don't have, as a non-denominational church, maybe they don't have like some guiding principles, like maybe a den a, a denominational church would well, have, and there they, we have less. I think what I heard John say is that they just <clears throat> people say, well, all they all they all they say is, "Yay, Jesus!" Basically, and and Jesus is the Savior, and let's follow Jesus. And they don't they don't go to other more more uh, com uh, confusing. <laughs> I guess it's a complex, but I think confusing is a better word. Confusing sections of scripture dealing with uh, more more um, speculative kind of understandings. They, that that just that just they stay with they stay with Jesus, 
And some people criticize that as being fluffy as opposed to getting into the prophecy or getting into yeah. you know eschatology and getting into you know tight interpretations of Greek and Hebrew words and that kind of thing. Hmm. <clears throat> so if we how do we protect against like the home team blinders then? I mean, what do you think we are as you can as you look on the on the Florida Hospital Church, I mean, you know, are, do we see ourselves or do we give ourselves a pass because some of those same things that you just described, I mean, like, well, that that obviously doesn't apply to us. That label, you know, would be, you know, it's easy to drop that elsewhere, but not here. Well, right? actually, That's not us. Actually, we've, we have had uh, multiple occasions of being accused of being a more of a milk-based church. Okay. Um, because we are very, very grace-oriented. And that's why last week when I spoke about milk, I had to turn the thing on its head to realize that, no, milk is stuff for infants. It has a life expectancy, and it's over, and and very much matches the law in Scripture, especially in Galatians, where Paul talked about the, you know, the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Yeah. And so I thought John brought it home. I'm not going to say he brought it. I really <laughs> meant he brought it. Uh, into the meat aspect of really being focusing on Jesus is really the, the, the substance of what it's really all about. And you can't you can't call that. I mean, you can't call Jesus milk. Well, but so I, I think right? I, I think a lot of times if 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 I think as a tendency for people who grew up in more behavioristic or more eschatologically based churches, they sometimes think about oh, all you talk about. I, my, I've I've had relatives of mine talk about how you know. Well, yeah, all they do is proclaim Jesus. I'm like, what do you mean all they do is proclaim Jesus? What else is there really to proclaim? Right. I I think we do have to uh, be careful because we never want to feel like we've arrived and that we aren't, you know, that that heresy can't sort of creep into us. But I think that the foundational idea is, and Andy was just driving at it, is that, okay, oh, yeah, grace is easy. That's, That's a really simple concept to understand. Jesus transcended all of space and time to come just to save me. Okay, yeah, I got that. Let's move on to the hard stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm pretty sure that just <laughs> understanding that Jesus loves me is worthy of an entire life of understanding. And that's not something we understand quickly so that we can get on to the more important things. That is the most important thing. That is the Thing. So I, I think one of our big risks is when we begin to think, oh, yeah, that whole grace thing, Jesus died for me thing, I got that. Yeah. Let's, I understand. Let's move on to something else. And, and it's reason, one of the reasons I think it's really tricky is because part of human nature is this terrible egomaniacal need to get credit for something. And so I think it's really, it's really sort of we casually can sometimes say, oh, yeah, I got the grace. Jesus loves me, and he's the one who saves me, and yay. But boy, to really mine down into that, that, that means I contribute nothing. That's really hard for us humans to sort of, you know, that's, that's, pretty, that's, that's hard on us. It's a little, a little tougher for us. But when you look at all of the different texts and the stories and the different things that even you talked about, we'll get to a little bit of that uh, coming up here, but that how deep or how do you get deep into Jesus died for me? <laughs> And that one act, and then all of the things that he taught in the short time he was here, okay, I get that, but how do you keep perpetuating that in a way that we learn more? Mm-hmm. What, what's the learning process if, it's, if that's everything and the other things you know, reveal 
you know, character flaws and all those different things <laughs> that the law does for us. How do we continually get people excited about that? I mean, it, it should be exciting enough mm-hmm. because it is the thing, but it seems like I've heard from a lot of people that, well, okay, I got it. And I mean, how many times can you discuss Jesus died for me, rose again on the third day, <laughs> and now it's all hunky dory. There's got to be more to the story. How do we encompass those people into this conversation or draw them in? Maybe is a better word. That yeah, yeah, this Doc, really, how do we do this? That? Really, is more. <laughs> well, that, that's a great question. I'm going to take the easy part so that Andy can <laughs> take the hard, hard part after that. Um, one of the things that that amazed me. I mean, and you would think I would think that I would know this already, but you know, we sort of had an idea of where where this was going to go. Yeah. And so we're looking through, okay, what are the Bible, you know, what are the stories in the Bible that best reflect this? And as I look through them, especially the stories in the New Testament, and, and most obviously every word that Jesus spoke, they all said the same thing. Yeah. So it's not like you had to search high and low to find this message of grace. And then as I began to understand Everything Jesus said was directly or indirectly supportive of the knowledge uh, or of the idea that you can't do this, that this is my work, not yours. Yeah, things like I'm the vine, you're the branches. Without right. me, you can do nothing. <laughs> some, of, some of those simple texts. <laughs> so, so I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I worry about the same thing, saying, you know, how, and, and it's one of the reasons I thank God I don't have to preach every week because it's <laughs> like I pretty much have one sermon. It's just how many ways can you package it? But as I listen to Andy preach, and this is a compliment, he pretty much has one sermon. It's It's pretty much... Jesus loves me, and I'm a mess, and that's what you hear all the time. And the first time I ever saw this in a really powerful way is growing up, and, and still, I always really loved and admired Billy Graham uh, as as a speaker, as an evangelist, as a Christian, as a person. He was just amazing. And um, and I would listen to him anytime I got a chance, and I went to a couple of Billy Graham crusades and was just awed, and, and I never really realized what you were talking about until one time I got a book with some of his sermons and I started to read them critically and realized he said exactly the same thing for 50 years. Yeah. But I, I think the the grace of Christ is so um it's so encompassing. It's so engaging that I I don't think it gets boring. Well and human depravity is so deep. <laughs> that that bringing that moving up one little step toward understanding fully God's grace, we we got it's it's almost an infinite it's almost an infinite journey from our depravity to understanding the grace the greatness and greatness of God. Well, and it's almost like a it's almost like a song, uh, music. I mean, how many times do I mean the same? How many chords are used over and over, arranged a little bit differently, but the message and the sound is yeah. the same, and the lyrics. For a lot of songs are, you know, there's only so many ways you can say, I love you, baby. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and so it comes but, in. Yeah, that's what they're all about. <laughs> right. It's 99% probably anyway. Um, and so maybe it's a little bit like that. And it, we moved on to, you compared speaking with tongues in that, in those verses in first Corinthians 13, one and two, but basically no matter what I do, if I do it without love, I have nothing, but speaking in tongues and then the in verse two, the having the prophecy, all knowledge and faith that can move mountains. But again, without love, I can do nothing. <laughs> I just spent the last week running camera for this live broadcast, worldwide broadcast event that was dealing with, you know, end times and, and uh, prophecy and all these things and how engaged 
that the people that were there, I mean, my job was to scan the crowd looking for people and reactions. And it was a lot of head shaking, a lot of nodding, like, I hear that. I know that's right. And it can be easy to get behind that because it's, it's right there. It's tangible. Mm -hmm. There's a a slide on the screen. (laughs) Right. And yet when you made that comparison, that was, I don't know, that one hit home for me this week because maybe it's just because of where I was. But how interesting sometimes the law can be because there's so many intricacies. There's so many ways that mm-hmm. people have kept the law or not kept the law, <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> and yet that's that's a big one for our denomination. And is yeah. it maybe that why we feel like we have to kind of go against the grain, if you will, sometimes? I think so. And it's just, just it's a huge, huge uh, difference in scope to say don't do something and to say love people. Yeah. I mean those, that, those are – you know. Don't do as, just this little tiny little circle. You can figure out how to get around that. Yeah. When it says love people, in what circumstances? <laughs> when they are doing what? How? How? I mean, and it just it just it's, it's expansive in its nature. So they're very very different. Again, uh, still not not something we can do. Uh, right. I, I thought John brought that in as well. You know, the whole the whole idea of Christ in you is how it happens. So well, and about and about the love. I mean, yeah, it's great. Go love people. Heck yeah, I love people. Uh-huh. Pff, you got that one until it's uncomfortable uh-huh. or it's smelly or it's someone you don't want to love, and then it's like, oh, geez, I I'm pretty good. Thanks, God. You had to throw <laughs> that one in there, right? Well, and um, you know, one of the things I didn't talk about in First Corinthians thirteen, and Andy can straighten me out because I'll probably go way off theologically <laughs> here. So please, That's why I'm here? Please, yeah, please, please feel free to rein me back in before I hang myself. But um. I one time spent a month reading every day First Corinthians 13, and I realized that love and that, I mean, love is the primary attribute that we think of when we think of God. And I began to think of love in First Corinthians 13 not as a command of us to do, but as a description mm-hmm. of God in First Corinthians 13. And one of the yeah. things I had thought about doing and wasn't, wasn't able to do was to create a, a handout where sort of with blanks to go through. I, I didn't want to do too much uh, rewriting of the Bible, but but something <laughs> that I've done for myself is go through First Corinthians thirteen, and every time it says love, replace love with God, and then follow it with me. Love is always patient. God is always patient with me. God always has hope in me. Yeah. God never blames never, me. Never gives up. So, so if we think of it in that context, that, that even love in First Corinthians thirteen one and two is really talking about God. Yeah. So prophecy, mysteries, faith, speaking in tongues. Without God, without Christ in us, is um, it's it's nothing. Well, and then you went into Matthew five, and you know, kind of paraphrasing, I guess, what you were talking about is, you know, we shouldn't be satisfied with the milk of the law, but we should be digging deeper, and. The meat of the matter really is all laid out through that through that chapter. And again, kind of like last week, the instructions are clear. We know what to do. The practice, of course, is more challenging. You know, when you, you know, do you love your enemy? Are you free of lust? Are you loving people that you don't really want to love? I mean, that part can be discouraging. But then you came back with, and this was, I think, my favorite part. You said, you see the milk, the law has a purpose, and its purpose is to reveal to us the reality of our hopelessness. We cannot fulfill the requirements of the law, and we cannot live up to the standards laid before us. We are hopeless. That really kind of puts it back onto goodness, Jesus, right? Yeah. There's that Jesus thing again. Can't well, get right. away from it. Even Jesus there in Matthew, where he talks about how uh, he didn't come to, to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, and it was going right. to stay forever. And you know, if you if you keep it, you're going to be called great. If you break it, you're going to be called least. 
And then he says, but I warn you, unless you obey God better than the very best obeyers of the law, <laughs> with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you won't even, you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven at all. Yeah. So, so it's like, he was, I think he's just trying to remind us, even there, of our hopelessness on our own. Uh, even our best, 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 super best performance is not, is not enough. Uh, right, that's, that's, and that's really, really important for us well, to remember. And I think we, as um, sort of New Testament Christians, sometimes, uh, and that that might be a bad term. Right, we're just, we're, just we're we're Christians, but um, I forgot where I was going. So you go ahead and talk <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Well, we're getting real close on time here, but I did want to touch on one other thing. You went into John six twenty nine, and I think that sometimes when we feel discouraged, like you know, yeah, with the the rules are clear. We know what we should do. We know that Jesus is it. But even the disciples are like arguing back and forth with Jesus. He's talking, but they're clearly not listening or they're listening and they're not, but they're not in, they're not ingesting. They're not understanding. And he keeps saying, I mean, how many different ways the meat is me. I mean, that's, that's it. So, you know, people that walked and lived with Jesus daily, didn't mm-hmm. get it. It wasn't easy. It wasn't something that you just were like, oh, well, yeah, I know that now. Well, scratch that one off. That's easy enough. So don't don't get down on yourself when you can't get the grasp of this right away because it's not easy. Well, no. it's just following Jesus. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 it's, 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 we, we so much want to be about obeying Jesus right. or following Jesus' teachings or you know, uh, understanding, understanding all of the mysteries of what he would teach. He said, come and follow me. Yeah, and uh, following is—I mean, if you ever play follow the leader, that's it. Your part's pretty simple. You just sort of follow the leader. <laughs> yeah, it's not even as hard as Simon says. No. <laughs> so as we wrap it up, we've, we're we're going to run out of time here, or we already have run out of time. I just want to leave you with the wisdom of John's dad, who gave an answer to the question and dilemma of how to keep all the laws we are faced with by saying, "Don't worry about the law. Just do what you know is right. And if you do what's right, you don't have to worry that much about breaking the law. And if we're just following Jesus." We're fine. It's oversimplified, and yet that's the whole thing. But we'd love to hear from you how this milk and meat message, uh, these two-part series here, uh, may have created questions or answers, (laughs) hopefully, in your life. You can share those directly from the uh, Florida Hospital Church mobile app. And uh, also by text, 407-965-1607, or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. As always, all of our episodes are available Wednesday to Wednesday in the mobile app, and you can catch up on archives actually now in the app as well and through iTunes. Um, Join us each week in the house online, hospitalchurch.org. And this week upcoming is Andy? Yes. Uh, and it's it's (laughs) relational engagement. Okay. This weekend is the national weekend of... Unplugged from Friday sundown till Saturday sundown to right. put away your cell phone, put away your iPad, put away your computer. That's it. And actually engage with the people at your house uh, or, or your world. Or, or wherever you are. <laughs> Excellent. Well, and that brings me to the final one that I had to remind you of is actually there's a devotional for each day mm-hmm. of this week. I mean, you're not going to hear this till Wednesday, but go back, check out Monday and Tuesday, and then follow Wednesday in the app. It's all right on the main FHC tab when you cl- when you uh, open the app, and uh, you can go through. There's some devotionals, some videos to watch, and we're over time this week, so we do apologize. But uh, next week, you won't want to miss the Unplugged uh, with Andy. So until next week and episode 40, this is Randy for Andy and John, and special thanks to Chad Hess for coming in and helping us out today with the audio. We'll see you next week. <laughs>